Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is the last day of September. It is mm-hmm. September the 30th. Tomorrow is October the 1st. The official start of fourth quarter. Dun, dun, dun. Or what we call the official start of your new year. That's right, because what you do in fourth quarter, as you know by now, if you are a frequent podcast listener or a coaching client, greatly determines the outcome of not just first quarter, but of your entire year. It's really critical. You know, it, I would go as far as to say, if you work really, really hard in fourth quarter and you follow our 90-day plan and just do the things sure. we prescribe to you, when it's uh, you could probably somewhat be not working at the same level of intensity in the spring and still have a fantastic year. I would agree with that. Yeah. As long as you start the year out right. Right. As long as you start the year out with momentum. That's what this is all about, guys. And and this is the best time of year to be really drilling down. <laughs> I could, just off the top of my head, I can give you a million reasons. But the biggest one is is that the sellers uh, and the buyers, but obviously we want you focus, focusing primarily on sellers, are the most serious, motivated mm-hmm. sellers, the ones that are actually going to sell their houses and being inconvenienced over the holidays. Those are the most motivated sellers. Those are the very definition of have to, have to sell sellers. Yes. Uh, number two, and let's just, you mm-hmm. know, we'll fly our hosts, these guys, with a bunch yeah. of, you know, well, these are facts. excuse None eliminating. This is conjecture. This is absolutely true. The harder to sell houses sell this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have relocating executives who have to make a decision quickly because their job may be starting on January 1st. Yep. Okay. And here's my favorite one. There are so many times of the, uh, over the next three months where you basically, by the way, can you believe it's Christmas in three months? I know. Well, <laughs> considering how absolutely insanely hot our walk was this morning yeah. it's like 95 degrees out there here in puerto rico so yeah it's i do have to remind myself of that can you believe our daughter is going to be eight and three months uh, no i definitely can't her birthday's that. on january 1st extra bonkers. um she's a new year's day baby all right so back on track so <laughs> there's so many um perfect times to prospect over the next three months that are unlike any other time of year so let's talk about why there's these little perfect storms that are coming up for prospecting the expi- uh, expires are for sale by owners, centers of influence, and past clients. If you're in a market where there's starting to be some notice of defaults, as there are, any of those uh, areas or any of those little buckets, and there's about 20 more we teach you as part of the Premier Coaching Program, those folks are going to be uh, at home. They're going to be more receptive to a phone call. And let me prove it to you. So what happens over the last part of the year is you have a lot of overlap between days off and weekends. All right, now, if you've never worked expires before, let me use that as an example. Most expires and uh, are set to show up in the computer at the first of the month or the last day of the following month or someplace over that, you know, really two-week spans. So what you're going to see is an increase in the number of opportunities for you to be pursuing expires. At the same time, an incre- now, if that happens over a holiday weekend or it happens over a natural holiday, then they're going to be home and generally speaking, they're going to be in a good mood. And here's the best part. Almost always your competitors aren't going to be uh, working. Frosty. Right. Yeah. They're not going to be working. They're not going to be frosty. So when you get – and there's maybe six times of the year that are really perfect where you get the end of the month over a holiday, especially a three-day weekend, let alone some of the extended holidays we have going to the rest of the year. Those are the perfect time to start going after expires. 
That's yes. when, I mean, I remember, there, I could just give them an example and story after story of people that built their businesses in fourth quarter. Oh, absolutely. And the momentum never slowed mm -hmm. down. They didn't just work yep. hard for three months and then, you know, basically go to Tahiti. Though I did have a coaching client. Yes, His name I was Harold. Mm -hmm. Harold in Miami. Or no, I'm sorry, Hawaii. And he basically would hire, uh, you know, me to coach him. And this was years ago, but he's still in the business. He would hire me to coach him every single time this year. And he would basically would work at his business until the end of first quarter of two th or the following year, right? So he'd work, uh, in essence, for six months. And he would prospect. He would take listings. And then he would take the rest of the year off and he would travel. Yeah. Now, he didn't announce Amazing. that he was taking the rest of the year no. off and traveling, but he didn't work buyers. All the buyer leads that came in were referred to other agents in his marketplace from his uh, assistant. He had one assistant. When listings uh, came in, sometimes she would negotiate uh, the listings and other times he would negotiate the contracts and the listings. But the point was is he was able to take enough listings uh, during fourth quarter of the prior year and first quarter of the following year that he knew exactly how many listings he had to have to meet or exceed all of his financial expectations. He took all those listings. He then basically was able to delegate the rest of the business, and he went on to live the rest of his life. I mean, Yeah, well, that's did. one of the beautiful things about this business is when you do that on purpose, you can craft things like that when your skill set is high enough. You can't yep. just roll into that you know, freshly licensed. But I, the other thing that I really like about fourth quarter, and you said it, is that houses that were harder to sell before, for whatever reason, do tend to sell fourth quarter. And I, I can think of tons of examples from our career. You know, yeah. like we always seem to have trouble with like weird greenhouses. You know, it's like just the wrong well, it, shade of the front door. Lo, so look, this <laughs> yeah. time of year, you have location issue houses that yep, will sell. That's right. Condition issue houses that will sell. Yeah, just something uh, funky about I, it. could be a funky floor plan house. I bet you're thinking of the same example. Mm -hmm. There was a house that was, uh, I'll never forget this because it was it's such a great story. But it was this really nice house on a really terrible lot. The house back to this really, really busy road. And this guy was, and it, I think it expired with two or three other agents. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, he couldn't reduce the price anymore without losing money. Like he owed, you know, it would have been a short sale or he had to have written a check for the difference. None of which was a viable option for him because he needed as much as he could possibly could to move on to the next house. So we listed this thing in fourth quarter. And I remember this is the part, this is the reason I remember this one in particular, even though we've sold, you know, billions of houses. Is that he took Julie and I on a walk in his backyard, I beautiful, totally beautiful backyard. This. But we we almost couldn't yep. hear him because the damn freeway was so loud. It was yeah. insane. Mm -hmm. There was one of those big, you know, noise walls behind it. But still, guys, I'm telling you, it was like not just a freeway. It was like the on ramp to the freeway. It was. There was like you could see yeah. from the second floor of his house. You could see there. It wasn't just one freeway back there. There was a freeway that branched off to another freeway. It looked like something from the Jetsons. Yeah. So he walked past there, and he had the, he had this little grove of trees back there, and he had this. It was basically Basically, this little meditation thing that he'd set up with a couple chairs. And a hammock. He had a hammock. And a hammock. Yeah. And, and he had took us, Julie and he I, back there. staged it, basically. Yeah, and we sat down, and he goes, I want you just to sit down here. And he, he went to his meditation voice, and I want you to tell me what that sounds like. And Julie and I are thinking, traffic, but we didn't say that. He goes, if you concentrate, you'll notice that it sounds like water. Sounds like the ocean. I absolutely <laughs> remember that. Because you and I were hard-pressed, like, looking at each other with – there was no WTF back then, but that was the look <laughs> on our faces. Like, you have got to be kidding me. That does not sound like the ocean. But it did sell. It did sell, and it did sell in fourth quarter. Yep, and that's, and there's lots of examples like that, too. That's right. So, again, guys, don't let fourth quarter get away from you. I know some of you want to kick back. Do not kick back. If anything, take it to the next level. 
look, we have created for you, I have to remember, if the success is tied to, oh yeah, they get the real estate treasure map. Yes. That's good. Mm -hmm. So text the word success to 47372. Text the word success to 47372. And we're going to give you a copy of the updated real estate treasure map, which is your fill in the blank business and life plan. But you're also going to be entitled to a coaching call with one of our new member coaches. But really guys, and this is an urgent suggestion here, go to timandjulieharris.com. Go to coaching, sign up for Premier Coaching because that's really what all of you are looking for. All of you have these, this sort of anxious fear and loathing. Like you maybe want to celebrate the end of the year and you had a great year. Some of you, you know, you kind of ended where you thought you would end and some of you fell short. I get it. It's usually one of those three groups. All of you are going to need an, to upgrade your skill set and upgrade your approach to business because the, uh, the industry, as you guys can tell, we're starting to see real inflation creep in. We're starting to hear rumors of interest rates rising. Your skill set is great, or maybe it's not great, depending, right? But ultimately, everything needs to be upgraded. And what a perfect opportunity using fourth quarter as your way of essentially learning the skill set that maybe some of you should have learned in the first place from our premier coaching program. We're going to teach you how to premier. Or we're going to have to teach you how to proactively lead generate, pre-qualify, present at a high level, negotiate. We're going to teach you how to win in a competitive environment. We've got a section on your 12-month centers of influence and past client plan. We have a section on luxury homes, section on distressed real estate, all of the content that you need to build, build your real estate business is all there. It's all included in Premier Coaching. So if you want to skip the line, just go over to timandjulieharris.com and sign up for Premier Coaching. Or you can text, text. why am I having a problem with the word text? You can text the word success to 47372. It's actually more efficient and then we get to give you a free book too. So text the word uh, success to 47372. We'll text you back a link. Uh, then you can download the treasure map and someone from our office will call and offer you an opportunity to speak with one of our new member coaches. Don't delay on that, guys. Text the word success to 47372. All right, Julie Harris. Yes. Today, we are talking, we are finishing up our points. Is this finishing up today? Probably. Okay. We made on, it to 17, yes. On how to think big in a world that wants to keep you small. Uh, and this is, and I love these next uh, four points. These are some of my favorite four points, especially the next one. I'm going to read it, and then I want to yeah. talk about it a little bit. So remember the the book I just told you about? Yep. Okay, good. I don't remember the name of it. You got it. The Singularity. The Singularity. Yeah, right. right. All right, so um, I'll, I'll loop all this all in a second. <laughs> Point number 14, eliminate your excuses. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too old. You're too healthy. You're too unhealthy. You're too smart. You're too dumb. I'll throw some more on there, too, because we've had all this in coaching clients. You're too educated, too uneducated. Right? You're from the wrong market. You're with the wrong broker. You're with the wrong price range. It's not the right time of year. You know, I mean, when I do this uh, on a one-on-one -on -one call, mm -hmm. I have them actually list it all out. Oh, yeah. Write it all out because there, it's very powerful to see your own list of BS. You know, it's it, along those, you guys should all think about doing that because that is a great exercise. Write down all of your excuses. The people with the most excuses will fight that exercise uh, at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And when asked to do that, we'll write down the fewest things. That's true. So the people with the yeah. most head junk mm -hmm. will give you the fewest answers until you press them. Mm -hmm. Because they sure. don't they don't want to confront their head junk. That's their right. ego doesn't want it to be confronted. Yeah. Well, because then they'd have to deal with it. Well, or which is it, kind of the point not, of coaching. We'll deal with it in the sense that they don't have to work through it, but deal with it in the sense that they'll realize that it's a lie and they no mm -hmm. longer can have that as an excuse. That's right. And you know, also I'll tell you something else I've noticed is people generally speaking with more education or maybe you could correlate that to higher um, 
you know, more education, maybe smarter. I don't know if those things necessarily correlate in all reality. But those types of people, too, they'll have the most excuses as well. Sure, they, because they have more elaborate rationalizations. But let's take, for example, the I'm too old thing. You know, 95% of Warren Buffett's wealth was created after he turned 60. And most people's peak earning years are in their 40s or 50s. It takes you that long to get it together, to get organized, sometimes to get your education done. You know, it takes into your 40s, 50s, 60s to start really earning at your peak. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, I wasn't born with money. How am I going to be able to make a lot of money? Well, millionaires in the U.S. are almost all of them are first generation and self-made. In fact, I don't like saying that. I looked up the stats. Yeah. So we have 67.7%, so almost 68% were self-made. About 23% had a combination of inherited and create self-created wealth, but only 8.5% of global, this was from WealthX, I believe, which is pretty reputable on their uh, yeah. numbers, only 8.5% globally of high net worth individuals were categorized as having completely inherited their wealth. And high net worth, by the way, is a net worth of $5 million. Ultra high net worth is a net worth of $25 million um, as uh, basically the accumulation of all your assets minus your debts. That's how they go about doing that. But the real takeaway here is 70% basically created their own wealth in their first generation. Um, and that's true with most of the most successful uh, real estate people we know. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, I'm thinking right now of Michael and Robin Gordon, right? Yeah. They're the number one, uh, I think number five with Berkshire Hathaway. And they're the number one on the main line in Philadelphia. They were one of our original huge. coaching clients. Huge, Hundreds right? Hundreds of millions in production per year. I think over 200 million this year, something like great. that. I'd have to look mm -hmm. at my notes. Uh, but he and said this when I interviewed him. It was a really great point that the greatest strength he had was what he perceived to be the greatest weakness when he was mm -hmm. growing up. And that was essentially having been born on the wrong side of the tracks and not having any advantages of all of his rich buddies. So he was the poor kid that grew up around all the rich kids. And he always thought he was at a disadvantage, but then he came to realize as he got older, actually made him, gave him a huge advantage because he had, in his own words, a chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely true. 100% self-made. But if you go through and you realize that essentially a lot of these, um, you know, too fat, too thin, too old, too healthy, too unhealthy, too smart, too dumb, too educated, too uneducated, those were put upon you by people that wanted you to stay the same or the, the, the situation that you chose to put yourself in uh, wanted you to stay the same, right? There is a, um, it's very difficult in some parts of the United States, especially, but I imagine the world, once you reach a certain age to get anyone to uh, really re uh, enforce or reinforce the idea that you can be really successful. Mm -hmm. And it's that's, that's and it's not because you don't have the capacity to be more successful. Warren Buffett, 95% of his wealth after the age of 60. It's, so it's not like you don't have the ability to do it. It's just that you're in an environment that's not conducive to doing it. That's right. And then you start to just sort of write yourself off and feel like, well, that ship has sailed. And if I was going to do anything, I would do it by now. Or you have people actually say that to you. Reeling in the book. Okay. Yes. So I'm listening. This is not, this is not a new book. It's been out for a while. I've listened to this maybe twice before. And this book actually is becoming one of my favorites to listen to every year because I can then listen to the book and benchmark it against things that are actually happening. So Ray Kurzweil, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this. The best way for you guys to do is just go get the book yourself. Uh, the singularity or the, it, the essence of the singularity is this belief that there's going to be a convergence of technology that's going to happen at, sec, at such an exponential rate 
that it's going to outpace anything that's ever happened before. It's a combination of the ability for supercomputers, uh, your quantum computing, but also scientific discoveries. And for example, you guys may have heard of CRISPR and some of these other things. Like, well, here's a more salient example for most people. The, the vaccine, right? Sure. So, Jules, the vaccine that they gave mm -hmm. us for, um, you know, the coronavirus right okay that was actually a a scientific um revolution or evolution of mm -hmm. something that they'd been using for uh, cancer patients mm -hmm. and so cancer patients for uh, it's not been that long but they were able to actually take the dna from the type of cancer you have and then create a specialized again i'm butchering this if you guys know what i'm just forgive me okay but that they then could take a specialized formulated let's call it medicine to go and fight the cancer that you had, and then they'd inject into your body, and then that uh, would take a uh, you know a message, or it would take a specific signal to that specific defective cells that were causing your body mm -hmm. your body to you know be sick, and then it without having to you know nuke your whole body through chemo or something like that. So it's a specific targeted thing that was designed to solve the specific it's like a problem. Program. It's like right. a code. Yeah, that goes in and attaches to the cell that you're trying to affect and reprograms it. So, so let's very talk. similar to the COVID vaccine. So the COVID vaccine, mm -hmm. unlike previous vaccines. Yes. So when you got the flu shot every year, they're they're actually giving you a little bit of the flu. That is correct. So explain that. Okay, how so, it's different. Uh, and this this is something I think a lot of people are confused about. And I before you and I got vaccine, I made sure that we knew our research. Right. You want to go from the facts. So. You know, you mentioned the flu vaccine. Every year, the doctors and scientists study what is the actual combination. You know, there's so many different types of flu viruses. So they'll study it as we're going into flu season, and they'll figure out whatever that mixture is, and they will create a tiny amount of that, which becomes the flu vaccine, okay? And so that goes into your body, so your body recognizes it and knows how to fight it. That's the traditional vaccine, right? So these new ones, like the COVID vaccine, and again, I'm not a doctor or scientist, so this, um, this is my take on my you know, what I researched, right? Um, the new ones, which I believe are called mRNA yep. um, vaccines, is just like you described from what they were doing with cancer, is it, it's code that goes into you and, you're, and it basically uh, tells your body how to fight the virus, how to recognize it and how to destroy it. And after that is injected and does its job, and you know it's doing its job because you kind of feel like crap for a couple of days. That's how you know it's working because it's, you know. Well, not always. I wouldn't, not, I, not always. I, but, but I wouldn't say that. But a lot it, of people doesn't, have, it doesn't last in your body forever like people think. A lot of people have no effect from any of the shots. That's right. Right. That's right. So, uh, so it goes in there. It does its thing. It reprograms you. And then it, it goes away. It disappears. It's, it's basically, you know, one and done. And then your body recognizes, oh, that's that kind of virus. I know how to get rid of it. Whereas a it it's more like, it's, it's almost like a, an app for your body. A the, versus a traditional vaccine that gives you a little bit of it, and yes. then your body forms its own immunity against Correct. it. Correct. That's basically... Totally different. So, so that vaccine, you know, using existing technology, had never been used like it, it was used for the sake of battling, obviously, the pandemic. And still being used. Right. Uh, and so what we're seeing is it, that is the, uh, something happened inside, what, 18 months, basically, uh, yes. which was extraordinary. And previously, and it had taken like 30 or 40 years to figure this stuff out. For, to create a vaccine, right? Yeah. So what we're going to see is the singularity. And what the singularity, the, the concept is, and again, I've been listening to this book for a while, and I do love this topic because it's, it's about longevity. It's about not just basically living a longer life. It's about living a longer, vibrant life. It's like yeah, a better know, life. looking younger, not losing your marbles as you get older, being able to basically have a vibrant, you know, active life 
not just into your 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. but the conjecture here is is that you can the, the normal lifespan for people is going to start becoming over 100, like 120, right. 130. That, that won't be unusual anymore. Because what they're doing, what they have done, is they are able to go into your body and identify the things in your genes that trigger aging. Mm-hmm. So there's imagine again, not we don't we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We're just telling you, you know, I'm just sharing this with you because it's exciting. Yeah. So they can then go into your body and they can identify the little levers that have been switched to say, okay, it's now time for Bob to get old. Well, okay. well tell me about the one that you told me on our walk this morning where the guy had some kind, I can't remember exactly. It was a CRISPR thing. Yeah, but yeah. he had something in his genetic code that his dad, uncle's brothers had died of. Complete degenerative thing that they, yeah. I forget what disease it was. Like it, you find out you got that and you're, you're toast, basically. Ex- exactly. And his like three generations of men in his family mm-hmm. had died from it. Yeah. So he did this CRISPR thing, which is basically mm-hmm. using the RNA, whatever it was. The, 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 mRNA, I think. Right. And, and he was able to basically reverse, they were able to identify what the gene was that was being flipped on that was causing the body then to go into the state of essentially, you know, destroying itself uh, through certain um, physiological, you know, problems and ailments. And they were able to reverse it. So not they only it off, they turned right? it off and he had started to effect, feel the effects, if I understand correctly, of it, turned it off and basically he was cured. It's amazing. It is amazing. So what if there's a way, and there is a way, by the way, is what we're trying to tell you here. What if there's a way to all of a sudden make it so that you can choose how old you get? Now, they talked about the uh, the ethics of this, like oh, being overpopulation and we're, you know all these other things. Let's set that aside. But they can listen to the book. You're, they can listen to the book. But let's set this aside just for the sake of understanding the point we're trying to make here. Like, And I, this is what Julie and I talked about in our walk this morning. What if like there are certain... Um, physiological sort of mental subconscious uh, constraints that all of us basically mm-hmm. have that w- would lead us to believe like for example, for example, Julie and I are at our age, right? So we're 50. And so it, you would think, and we do experience this, that we need to start making decisions that are going to be the types of decisions that are going to prepare us for being 65, 75, 85, and right. 95. In other words, you might not want to be as adventurous, so you might not want to think as big. I feel these feelings. Julie feels these yeah, feelings. Clock is ticking kind of stuff. Exactly. Like you're running the candle out, and you better basically enjoy the last flickers of your light, right? You know, this, I feel like I'm an old English poet now, but you guys get the idea. So what if that's all wrong? What if you can live not just until your average age of 87 or whatever, which isn't remarkable in itself, but what if you now are going to be able to live to your 100, 120, 130? So one of the things and, that- And not in a crusty wheelchair-bound way. Yeah, exactly. An actual quality life into those years. What if they can go in, again, they can, and they can figure out what are the things that cause- neurodegenerative diseases? What if they can find the things that cause cardiovascular problems, the things that trigger cancers, the things that trigger even looking old? How about this? I got one that you didn't know. I didn't tell you about this one. So how would you like to, oh, I know your answer already. How would you like, how would you like to have uh, a life where you could eat whatever the hell you wanted to eat, whenever the hell you wanted to eat, it, as much carbs as you wanted, you could eat whatever you wanted and yep. you'd never get fat. That would be awesome. Okay, guess what? You can do that? They can. Where do they, I get that? For, right. <laughs> So they're going to – Tim and Julie's supplement – Is there a pill for that? Tim and Julie's <laughs> supplement store, no. So they have this on um, – they've been testing this on mice. Oh. So they actually have developed – or they're starting to develop a essentially a therapy mm-hmm. that will make it so that your body's um, triggering the creation of fat hmm. from foods will be turned off. Wow. 
Oh, that's interesting. But is this all? Yeah. Th- this stuff is not but, science fiction stuff. That's yeah. th- this. This is not about dystopia or utopia, right? This is not about a dark future or an overly. This is just science. Right. That's what's badass about all this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see. I don't know how old you are, listeners, but all of us in our lifetime, unless you're like 90, are going to see the opportunity to basically start using some of these therapies in our own life. And to the point where we're going to be able to increase the longevity of our lives substantially. Now, why am I telling you that? Why does that relate to that last point? What if your preconceived notion, your subconscious notion of how long of a life you're going to live and how long of that life you're going to have that's going to be real viable, vibrant, that you're really going to, you know, enjoy life. What if it's all freaking wrong? You know, what does that do to your thought process? I mean, it's all, and this is what Julie and I talked about this morning. I mean, I, you know, we, of course, you know, we saw, I mean, my dad died when he was 74. My grandparents died. My grandfather, one of them died when he was 92. The other was almost 90. I have grandmothers that live, and aunts that live well over 100. Julie, the same thing. So we should have a nice long life. But let me tell you, those last 10 years, I'm not sure that that's the type of you life I would want to have. Not sucking. Yeah, life. exactly. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to have a long life. It's another thing not just be strapped to your Barco lounger watching Jeopardy all day. You know, nothing wrong with Jeopardy or no, a Barco but lounger, but quality of life. Quality members. of life. And so, what if you're now all the assumptions? Because we've been when we were kids, we saw our old people get old and pass away, and we saw our parents, and you know, all the rest of it. What if all of that? is old software that is soon to be obsoleted by these new technologies that are going to come out that are going to essentially create longevity like we've never experienced before. That is miraculous. But what does that do with your assumptions about what you're capable of doing in in life? So here's the funny part. When when you're really being honest with yourself, you don't take some of the quote-unquote risks that you otherwise would have because you rationalize, especially if you're maybe our age and older, that you won't have enough time to actually fulfill whatever that goal is, complete it, let alone enjoy it. What if you're completely wrong? What if 10 years from now, basically, or you know, 15 years from now, they say you take these therapies, you go to this thing, you do this, the other thing, it's all approved, it's not, this is no rich Nothing doctors weird. or hocus pocus, and you're going to be able to start changing the direction of the long, you're, you, we're going to turn off the things that cause mm-hmm. you and your genetic um, you know, forebearers to pass away at a certain age. We're going to change all of that. We're going to create it so you can have longevity. If you knew that you could live to in your hundreds, what are you going to do differently? And I was talking about this is the conversation we were having and how funny that is because it really does change everything. It changes how you think about money. It changes you think like you might be a certain age. You might be thinking, you know what? I might be able to go to Europe a few times and I might be able to do this, might be able to do the other thing. Maybe you should really decide to think huge and you should create your big business or you should create a business that creates passive income so you can be financially free. What if you have way more time than you think? And what if you have way more opportunity than you possibly think? And the thing that's making you old and that's keeping you broke, that's causing you to think so small, it's all obsolete bullshit. It's old software that you need to get rid of. I mean, does this... I know, like I have a vision of, you know, maybe there will be longevity spas, you know, and you go and you check in and you check out, you know, like... I want to do the thing that makes it so I don't have to wear glasses anymore. All right, check. And I want to do yep. this that's like, you know, my hair will never turn gray or something like that. Whatever it is. What's wrong with gray hair, Julie? You got, a problem, you got a problem with gray hair? I'm not talking hair? about <laughs> <laughs> but The point is that you'll be able to do that and it'll be medically safe and it'll be very common. And so you and I naturally go to what's the more stuff that we can get done and do and be and see and have and how many more people can we help and and things like how is this going to affect like wealth management for people right all very positive things so cautionary tale some people would say well now that i know i've got crap tons more time 
I don't have to get on the stick as fast. I don't actually think that's how people would react. I think people, I hope that people would be joyous about think, it. Think of it like this. If you're running on a track mm -hmm. and you're behind, let's say psychologically you think you're behind. Because I thought about what you just said too. Yeah. And actually what I did is I internalized it and I came up with my answer and I think okay. it's how most Fair people enough. will feel. So if you're running on a track and there were six people that started and now you're in position five and you can look around the bend and you can see that, you know, all these people are ahead of you and you can see at the end, you can see where the winner's going to be. Are you going to, how many of you are actually going to say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to buckle down and I'm just going to work harder than I ever have to win this race versus basically just say, well, I guess I'm in the fifth position. I don't have enough time to catch up. Right. And those people ahead of you aren't people. They're not competitors. They're the previous versions of you that had dreams and goals and ambitions. That's how I thought about it. That's very so good. If, I like if, it. So if you knew you had enough time, if you knew you had enough runway, enough track, wouldn't you think bigger? Of course you would. I would hope so. I think so. I think. I mean, that's that's our natural tendency. Well, but I think everybody I, I, would. I think so. I think it'd be very exciting. It, it is very exciting. It's it, factually it's happening. Awesome. I mean, I was just thinking uh, about uh, – you know, when we visited Ohio, my mom doesn't wear glasses anymore because there was technology and her eyes were pretty bad for like forever. So she doesn't wear glasses anymore. She got, I can't even remember what the surgery was, but she's totally fine now. Like I didn't know that. Replaced, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Well, wow. your mom, one of them I think was done. Yeah, mom, my mom, she's basically blind in one she's eye. And bionic. Has a bionic. Yeah, she can see farther <laughs> than Julie and I. Well, but there you but, go. It's but that's not... a tiny example. But that's something that I think if you had asked our moms 10 years ago, if they ever thought that they could see so clearly without glasses, they'd say, well, no, I'm just going to have these. I'm used to it. But just think of your own parents, you know? just to make mm -hmm. it slightly personal. Sure. Do you think if they, obviously, it starts with how you feel mm -hmm. and your actual health. And as intellectual and brilliant as your father is, mm -hmm. don't you think as, uh, he would have developed a whole bunch of different new interests and whatnot and just run those down because oh, yeah. he had the He'd time to? He'd probably go work for Elon. Yep, exactly. You know, I yeah. mean, he's a physicist, so yeah, he probably would have. Exactly. So hopefully this guy, is, this is motivating you. Julie, We're trying to make you think bigger, right? Exactly. How to think big in a world that wants to keep you small. Now, sometimes the world that wants to keep you small is in your own head. So you've got to get out of your own way and start thinking bigger. That ultimately is what it all is. It's mm -hmm. basically how you think. And Julie and I try to be the disruptors to your uh, complacency, in essence. When we And we're not, look, we're not big advocates of the raw, raw, pump you up, motivation, Mickey Mouse. Because that just it's runs through your system. And you're, yeah, you just pee it out the next day and you don't even remember it, essentially. But what we want to do is we want to intellectually stimulate you and start moving things around in your mental attic. So then basically you can then, that can be the genesis for you then to start realizing that your life is more unlimited, more has more potential than you possibly could imagine. No matter how old you are, how thin you are, how fat you are, how unhealthy you are, how smart you are. How many of you are staying fat just because you figure, well, everyone else around me is fat? I walk Headland. out, you know, I know three people are fatter than me, so I'm not the fattest. As long as I'm not the fattest, I'm good. I know. You know, but how about, environment. It, what if, so this was, by the way, one of the things that Ray Kurzweil says in this book, your mission is to stay as healthy as you possibly can to live long enough for these therapies to come online. Because what's going to happen is these therapies are going to come online. You're going to hear about it in the news. You know, you're going to hear about something, you know, this is now, well, we just told you about it, the CRISPR thing. Maybe that was the actual thing that's going to be the actual tipping point for all these technologies. And then what's going to happen is they're going to then start introducing more and more of these therapies faster and faster. But you got to live long enough, given your, you know, your existing software, basically, to benefit, to take advantage of it. To benefit from the quickly, rapidly acceleration of these therapies that will cause you to live longer. So I, if that doesn't encourage you and give you a great excuse to lose weight and get in great shape, 
uh, as great a shape as you possibly can be because then you have to live long enough to, so you can ride the wave of these longevity therapies that are going to be coming our way. Well, I mean, look at it this way. People who need to have some kind of organ transplant are lower on the list the least healthy they are. Of course. It well, makes sense. Who, who, what did, people that died from COVID. Yeah, they all had right. the, they had with these you know horrible term called comorbidities. Yeah, and one of the most common comorbidities was obesity. That's right. We had some friends died of COVID, and all of them were obese. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's they there it is. There's I mean, your proof. And if you don't think there's going to be new variants and other things to worry about, that's crazy. Of course there are. And so we know okay, proven. If you're obese, that's a bad thing. You get this thing, and you get most likely you're going to have a lot of health problems. I still, by the way, haven't heard why specifically COVID adversely affected obese problems or obese the people the is. worst. I mean, that would be something else. It's that... a little counterintuitive because you always think, like, if you're going to be sick and lose a bunch of weight, you know, if you want to have but, some but spare. You but you realize what you just said. That's yeah. that's basically, again, old ways I know, of thinking. I know. So, and clearly it was proven wrong. Right. Clearly. You know, so but there I think the science will be interesting. But it does prove out that it's because being obese must put enough strain on your other internal right. organs. Your arteries and your things. They're like already that. under uh, a, a, an adverse level of essentially right. strain that when COVID is introduced to your body, it screws that, your immunity. Then, yeah. you, then your body doesn't have enough uh, energies uh, or impetus really mm -hmm. to, to battle off COVID. Who knows what? We're not scientists. We're just your meager real estate coaches. All right, point number. But <laughs> that was hope, all point number four. Oh, that was point number. This but is, 15 this, is close. This is the reason we take two years to get through 10 points. I know. Point number fifth, we need to stop reading and stop being smart and stop trying yeah, to be just, smarter. Just read the points. So we just read the points, right? <laughs> Point number 15. The older you get, the harder it is to ignite yourself. Start now and be able to say, thank you, past, fill in your name, for having it together so I can have my best life now. That really is kind of like point, part, part of point 14. Well, but if the way to eliminate, but it is true, right? Mm -hmm. The older you get, sure. the harder it is to ignite yourself. And why is that true? It could be physiologically, it could be hormonal, it could be all kinds of other things. But it all starts in that same place of the realization that you can do it. And read that book that I just told you about yeah. by Ray Kurzweil. And maybe that will be a little spark. That might be a little added little, you know, uh, something that will help ignite you to get you to actually mm -hmm. create a big bonfire in your life of, of potential. Well, I think it's a great anti-procrastination book. Every time you feel like waiting to get started, to someday feel like taking action or to ignite yourself, Maybe that book will be in the back of your mind. But just finishing up the point that we were just talking about, I don't think people stop trying at a certain point because they – or if, if, say, everyone knew they could live twice as long as they already are, three times longer than they already are, I don't think that would cause more people to procrastinate. I think that would cause more people to think bigger because they knew they'd because have they time, time to manifest, to manifest it. it, right? Yeah, I, hope I, so. I think a lot of people will use longevity as an excuse – thinking they don't have enough time for the reasons that I stated. I think you're right. I, I hope you're right. Point number uh, 16. 16. When you're younger, expect to work harder. You are supposed to work harder when you're young. Do what the more successful ones have already done. That's why they're successful. This is why it's called work and not vacation. You have your health, your ambition, your ability, and your strength, and these are not guaranteed as you get older, although to our previous points, maybe it's getting better that way. But right now, if you are one of our younger listeners and you are feeling weird about working your butt off, you shouldn't. It's your job, especially the younger you are. You've got. I used to hate it when we were in our twenties and people would say, "Well, you've got to put in your time." Being but it's 20s, really true. Being in your twenties, if you have any ambition, sucks. Yeah, because you're working it. All no, it the does, time. and and frankly, yeah. it kind of sucks as you get into your thirties too. It does. But it really, does part of it. The, the suckiest time is from eighteen to probably. Honestly, probably late 20s, early yeah. 30s. 
There are so many things that go on in your life at that point. You got a lot to figure out. Really, it's and to Julie's point, it, it that was a Julie point. If you don't ignite your the the earlier you ignite yourself, um, even if it's ignited in the wrong direction, but the more you get into that uh, mindset that you have to work really really hard, the better off you're going to be. And I'll right now tell you guys straight up: if you're in your 20s and you're listening right now, and you feel like it's you're not getting any real benefit from the work you're doing. It is possible that you're doing the wrong work. It is possible that you're on the wrong path. So I'm not going to discount that. Um, and there's an old saying that, you know, it's with the when the going gets tough, not the tough get going, but when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And that's something you might want to take into consideration. So if you're doing something that's not working, maybe it'll never work. It's not just not working for you. It doesn't work for anybody. In other words, well, you may have... that does happen. It totally does, you know? especially in real estate because there's so many snake oil salesmen That's selling right. crap all the time. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is is that it is harder to ignite yourself the older you get. Um, and so when you're in your formidable years, you have to work. You have to work yourself to the point where nobody understands why you're working so hard. But there's so many different things that are going to pull you in different directions. I remember very clearly when Julie and I, we got married when we were, how old were we? 20, 20 and 21. Yeah, 20 and 21. And which was young, but we got married and we've been married 30 years now. But I remember all of our friends were going skiing. They were going on vacations. On the weekends when Julie and I were working, bars. they were going, they were just you know, screwing around. They were going to college and getting graduate degrees. They were doing the things that most people would expect. Well, that's what you're supposed to do in your 20s. You're supposed to find yourself. You're supposed to discover what your big why is. You have to discover your passion. All this Mickey Mouse. And the reality of it is, is they never did. They had. They never ignited. Some of them, very few of them, did as they got yeah. older. But now when you go back to where we're from, you still stumble across some of those people. And God bless them. But the reality of it is, is they should have been buckled down when they're in their 20s. They should have been doing the real work when they're in their 20s. And the real work sucks. The real work that you do in your 20s, once you master the real work that you're supposed to be doing in your 20s, especially as pertains to real estate, you then will have the right when you're older to be financially free. Don't think it's an entitlement because it's not. Well, the things that you learn through that work and through, we used to call it re repetitious boredom, right? Doing a lot of the same activity over and over. Prospecting, it up, for example. Prospecting it. Yep. The thing is that you can't get, we talk about the stages of mastery all the time. You cannot skip stages. Nope. You can't just go right to mastery. You know, people have tried. And people that want to do that, mm -hmm. you guys are the reasons that the snake oil salesmen basically can keep their lights That's on. That's why they exist. That's why they exist because they know that you are going to find some sort of, um, you're going to always look for a reason not to have to actually do real work. So they're going to sell something to you or try to sell something to you on the idea that there's not going to be skills required, not going to be rejection yeah, easy required, button stuff. easy button stuff. And if that's what you gravitate towards, you're going to wake up probably when you're around 40 and you're going to realize you wish you never would have done that. Same, right. go, same goes with the ego stuff, guys. Here's a little you know, Tim and Julieism that if you get this, it'll change your life. And I mean this because I've had people tell me this. If you have a choice in your 20s to be rich or famous, you cannot choose both. And by the way, both very rarely go hand in hand. So you have to choose to be rich or famous. Which would you choose in your 20s? All of you would choose fame because there's something physiologically in our bodies that we can choose to, you know, like well, the Christmas. Recognition feels good. Right. And, and it's ego stuff. It's we want to know that the world accepts us and sees us as the beautiful little unique snowflake that we all are. Right. And then as you get older in your 30s, if you start to develop some wisdom, 
then you're going to start questioning your need to have to you know be fame. Now, famous is a word that we use nowadays to associate that with people that are like Instagram stars and the rest of it. But really, the word is recognition. So when you're in your 20s and you're seeking recognition, you 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 can have a lot of recognition and or a lot of wealth, or you cannot be famous and have a lot of wealth. The older you get, the more you're going to wish you would have sought wealth. A hundred percent of the time, no exceptions. Because in real estate, for example, you buy your fame, which means you don't have any money left over to create wealth. Yeah, and you're not actually improving your talents by doing that either. Because even if somebody did, in the unlikely event, call you because they saw your TikTok video, and then they expect you to actually do the job. They of, expect you to come yeah. over to their house and do a TikTok dance. That's what they're... <laughs> right. And, now, and so you're going to lose anyway because it, that's not the point. I love how people say they can monetize their likes, all these social networking gurus. And here's what I think. Next time you hear somebody say that, I want you to stop them and I want you to polite, politely tell them to take how many likes does it uh, cost to buy a cup of coffee? Like how many – I want to say, listen, I want you to take your likes. Let's say it's 50 likes. And I want you to take that to Starbucks and see if they'll sell you a cup Cash of coffee. It in. Right. You can't. No. Right. It's it's goofy. And you know it's goofy. So we said this yesterday, and this is something you it's again, it's a one of these gut chunk uh, gut punches of reality. But if you're not putting yourself in a position every single day to hear the word no at least five times, you're not doing you're your not job. Working. You didn't work that day. Nope. Which means it eliminates most of what all of you do during the day, rationalizing its work. Point number 17. Point number 17, hustle. You have to make more contacts than somebody who has learned to be more efficient than you. More open houses, more events, more showings, more appointments. For example, the newer agent has to have more conversations because they're not always asking questions. They're not drilling down. They're not closing. They haven't learned that yet. So people ask us all the time, well, if I want to do this, and how many contacts do I have to make? Well, you know, we have a, a standard starting answer, which is however many deals you want to do this year. You want to do 24 deals this year. you got to make but 24 the contacts. Point but, but that's just a starting point because you and I both have coaching clients, especially over the years and in our premier coaching, that they know because of their skill, their experience, their practice, their role playing, their use of scripts and their success that they can. We've got tons of clients that can call 10 for sale by owners or expireds. And they for sure, they'll tell you out of 10, I will have five conversations. I will set two appointments. I'll have three follow-ups. I'll probably take a third listing next month from it. Yep. And they're right. And it's textbook. Now, compare that to somebody who got their license today, doesn't have any kind of sales background, maybe something completely unrelated. Maybe they also need to listen to the introvert's guide to being a real estate rock star. They're not even comfortable with people. Which is a past podcast series. You guys can listen to that. Yes. So maybe that person has to have in the beginning, 40 or 50 conversations. But most people won't actually they won't follow do the, the work, course. Though. They won't do the work. That's right. Because they're going to get a message from, you know, somebody telling them a fairy tale and how they basically need to create this big social networking right. juggernaut. And then the world's going to come rushing with, well, you oh, my gosh. You haven't pumped out enough video yet. You're, exactly. You haven't pumped out enough videos yet. You guys see how there's no accountability with that type of Mickey Mouse? At the end of the day, intuitively, you know what we're saying is true. Because at some point in your life, you had to actually work to get a, some sort of reward. Now, I realize that in schools nowadays, everyone gets <laughs> a, a participation trophy. Yeah. But at some point, I hope you actually had to be in a situation that where your effort actually equaled your results. And more effort was equaling more results. I mm -hmm. hope you had suffered some sort of pain and indignity of then putting in your best effort and actually not accomplishing the goal and then having the in, being introspective enough to realize you should have worked harder and you could have actually won and stuck stuck to it that's called developing actual grit that's called what you need to have character. in order to make it so character to make it so that when you're older you can actually be financially free Skip. otherwise you never will be
That's right. So it's normal to have to hustle before you get to that point where it's very predictable and duplicatable. And no, this is what, let's define it. When you're in your, you know, (laughs) I was going to give them a time limit. There really isn't. Until you actually have true momentum, there are no days off. There are no holidays for you. There are no vacations for you. You have to work when other people aren't working. You have to do what other people won't do or can't do. You have to live a life that other people would never even consider because they don't ever have any, they never will develop anything that drives them to that level if you truly wish to succeed. That's the truth. But the faster you do it and the more you embrace this, the shorter the path is to that success. How many people right now are our age, older, plus or minus, who are knowing what we're saying is true, want their kids to listen to this podcast, are going to send it to their kid, right? And and they're now realizing they wish they would have actually ignited when they were in their 20s. It's not too late. You're not too old. That's right. That was point number 14. Rewind. So actually, I got to get ready for an EXP thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. By the way, Julie and I are, of course, associated with EXP Realty, and so should you. If you're looking for a sponsor that will be very proactive in your success at EXP Realty, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. If you would like um, to discuss that with me directly, please text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. If you're EXP curious and you're looking for information on EXP, that's great too. Just text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. And uh, both ways, are gonna, you're going to be on your way to um, EXP. It is one of the best things that business decisions Julie and I ever made when we got involved with EXP a couple years ago. And the reality of it is it's one of the best decisions that you'll ever make once you understand all the different sources of passive income that EXP creates for you. So definitely take this seriously. If you're behind the ball by years or even decades, EXP Realty is probably one of the best ways I've ever seen to get caught up. You don't have any rental properties. You're in your 60s. You want to take a hard look at this. It's a if, wealth accelerator. It is an incredible wealth accelerator. I wish we would have yeah. discovered this when we were in our 20s. <laughs> I know. There was no I, EXP. It there. Yeah. But, okay, so before you, you wrap, one of the best things that you shared with me yesterday was you were on a Zoom call talking to somebody about EXP, you and Sean, and that you both noticed literally when the person got it yeah because like his face lit up and you you could actually just, it didn't you, even light up he put both of his hands on his face and when he took his hands off of his face yeah it, his expression was completely different because you yeah. could that was what an epiphany an looks aha like moment yeah. yes absolutely it like was amazing you, you actually saw the light bulb over his head go it was on. awesome yeah i mean and so even if you're if you've been resisting and you're like oh there they go again think about that guy who got it yesterday how long are you going to wait to be that guy? And remember, as we told you guys yesterday, there are no such things as rich skeptics. Never happened. Yeah, so get yeah. that out. So exactly. <laughs> so text the letters EXP to 47372. Or if you're ready to join, you're looking for a sponsor that will certainly uh, be proactive in your success at EXP, do consider Julie and I, and you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day, and we will talk with you on the show tomorrow. And remember, guys, we have thousands of past podcasts, literally, that are waiting for you on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Amazon uh, Prime, everywhere you can possibly imagine you can listen to our podcast. And if you're looking for a great book and preparation for the weekend, by the way, James Bond comes out this weekend. Dum, 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 dum. But if you're looking for a great book uh, to read, or listen to, please consider our book, Harris Rules, has over 500 five-star reviews on Amazon. Have a fantastic day. We will talk with you on the podcast tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.